Welcome to today's edition of the College Experts Talk podcast, the resource for parents and students navigating the college planning process. Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com and creator of the College Decision Navigator System, talks with world-class college planning experts who openly and honestly share the triumphs and challenges families face every day in helping their children get into and pay for the colleges of their choice. We want you to feel like you're sitting down with our experts and getting their best ideas without paying their considerable consulting fees. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews others about the issues and concerns of selecting colleges, competing for a coveted place in a class, and ultimately paying for the colleges that admit your kids. Hello, this is your host, Felicia Gopal of the College Expert Talk podcast. Today we're continuing our series talking about different aspects of either the college-going experience, and this is actually a process that might happen as you're getting ready to go into college, but more likely once you're in college or even coming out of college. One of the most important aspects that every graduate must master is to do a strategic job search as well as learn how to sell themselves to employers. Career counselors can be beneficial to recent graduates, moms returning to the workplace and those looking for a job that fits their expertise or looking to change careers. In this podcast, we'll explore what career counselors do and their roles in assisting students and professionals land their next job. Today's guest is Robin L. Saunders, who works as the Career Education and Information Specialist at the Bronx Library Center. Part of her responsibilities include planning and implementing a comprehensive career development program specifically designed to assist students, parents, staff, and the business community in extending into the academic world and the world beyond that of work. Ms. Saunders' commitment is to individual self-awareness, personal development, and our improved abilities to express ourselves through the consistent application of our best gifts and talents. She advocates for proactive career development by providing individual and group advisement, career and academic exploration, assistance with internships and externships, critiques and revisions of resumes and cover letters for both young adults and adult patrons. Friends, it's my pleasure to welcome today's guest, Robin Saunders. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. So tell me a little bit about what you do in your role. Well, as a career counselor here at the Bronx Library Center, I meet with various patrons, students, career changers in identifying paths that will lead them to live a more fulfilled life. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I do. A lot of times, even as students, People tend to come and they say, Robin, you know what? I still haven't figured out what exactly I like to do. And so we kind of go through a series of events to determine what is it that they enjoy most and how can they connect that with the type of employment that they receive. Okay. So if I was looking to work with a career counselor, how would I get the most out of working with a career counselor like yourself? Well, most of the time it comes from word of mouth, but there are organizations that kind of refer. So I am connected with a lot of the nonprofit, faith-based, community-based organizations 
that will, as well as schools, that will say, you know what, I can't help you right now, but I know the person that can. And they'll give me a call and say, listen, I want to send someone who you might be able to assist. Other ways is word of mouth, where many of the patients that come in haven't been to a community organization or faith-based organization, and they just happen to want to come into the library. It is at that point that folks are usually set up to the fifth floor because they handle more of the career, the education types of questions or queries. Once a person has been assisted, and usually, usually they're very, very happy, what happens is they wind up sending their friends, their family members, their neighbors, their children, their parents to get services from the library. And so pretty much what it is is that what they are uncovering is that the library is not the way that it used to be years ago, that there are so many different more services that we can provide to the residents of this community. You know, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that. So could you expect, because you're in New York, so is there these types of organizations and people like yourself in many of the larger cities centers, or is this something that the Bronx put together for their community? No, not necessarily. I mean, career counselors are we're really everywhere, especially in schools. You know, you have your career guidance counselor that can kind of guide you on your path in terms of academia, employment. However, my background is such that I come from social services, human services. And so, therefore, when it comes to looking for a career coach, most of the time, you don't realize it, but they, they are individuals who help with case management and so on and so forth, housing, so on and so forth. It's that person kind of has the capability to do so much that by the end of you meeting them, you probably don't even realize that they kind of guided you into the career that you would probably be happy in. You know what I mean? Am I making sense to you? You know, it makes perfect sense to me because, you know, I'm raising children. Mm -hmm. And I'm not likening job applicants to children, but to a certain extent, there's some common things that probably you do that I do in trying to grow up children who are prepared for the workforce. You know, I give them opportunities. You know, I critique what they're doing. I try and help them put their best foot forward. Exactly. I introduce them to different sorts of opportunities that they might not have considered on their own. Exactly. So I imagine those are some of the things that you do as a career counselor that, you know, is just maybe part of the conversation, but it's part of how you're instilling and investing in the future and the applicants and the people and resources that you bring to the table for them to engage with? Well, most, like I said, a lot of it is experience. A lot of it is wisdom. And sometimes, sometimes, let's say for even my children, even though that this is something that I do on a day-to-day basis, when I get home, sitting down to prepare my son for college, going over the personal statement, being able to say, you know, what else did I do that I can put on to this application? And we talk about it. It's no different than what a parent does in terms of guidance. However, specifically for the patrons of the community or students that are around, 
they tend to come up to get the guidance that they don't necessarily get. Say, let's say their parents referred them. Let's just say for the sake of saying that their parents referred them to meet with me. Most of the time, their parents are looking for a job, and the students themselves are looking for careers. Those are two different things. And so in terms of helping them to identify a career or a pattern, show them a pattern that they can get into that does not look like a job because a job is just what I say, it's fleeting. You know what I mean? It's, it's only for the moment. A career is something that we, we kind of focus on, zoom in on, and learn as much as we need to learn about it and then put ourselves in an environment that kind of complements the decisions in terms of the career. And so with most of the students that come here, even though they have their guidance counselors at the school, they still come here to say, Robert, okay, this is what my guidance counselor says. This is what my family says. Tell me what you think I should be doing. And I say, no, tell me what you like to do. It's about where are you going to be happy in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. At the same time, be cognizant that certain jobs, certain titles will no longer exist. Right. So it's really about preparing them, first and foremost, what is it that makes you happy? Because I meet so many people day to day that they've worked and they've worked and they've worked, but they've not, they're not happy. And because the economy is the way that it is, they're willing to get another job that doesn't make them happy. And what, is, what I try to explain to them is you'll find yourself in the same place because you're taking something that doesn't make you happy, and so it's just for the moment. So I'm guaranteed that I will see you anywhere from six months to a year from now. Am I getting it? Yes, you you are getting it, because it, it really kind of speaks to the difference between, you know, oftentimes when I talk to students, I talk to them about the fact that, you know, a college degree is about preparing you for your first job. And once you are in your first job, then you can start to look and you should start to look forward into the future about how can you parlay that first job into something else while being a good employee and all the rest of the things that employers want while you're at the position that you're at. But for most students, I'd like to share with them that, you know, whatever job you get when you first get out of college, chances are not good that you're going to be doing that, you know, 10 years, 15 years in the future. That's not how careers are made. And the person that you are at 21, 22 is not the person that you would be at 30 and is not the person you're at 35. And so the needs that you would have at those various different aids are very different. And so if you think about your career as a progression, one factor builds upon the other, then I think it makes it much easier to be happy and content in the job that you're in, realizing it's preparing you for something else. Exactly. That is, that is you hit the nail right on the head. Usually when I do have these discussions, whether it's with an individual or a group, I talk to them about how we change, how we evolve. And there's two things that's driving me right now. One thing that just doesn't change. Two things that don't change. No matter how many types of jobs you get, how many careers you aspire towards, there's two things that does not change. Customer service and human relations doesn't change. The way that we treat people, the way that we interact with one another, those things don't change, meaning that is something that you learn early on 
and carry with you to every job that you go to. Do you see? So those are transferable skills, and, and people don't even realize that they already have it. Second, when it comes to how we evolve, it's interesting that you said that when we're a certain age, we take a job for, for that particular time in our lives, and then when we get to another stage in our lives, that particular job just does not, it's, it's not enough. It becomes, you evolve differently. The things that you look at when you were 21 is really not the same things that you'll look at when you're 31. Situations kind of dictate the types of jobs that you get as well. Am I getting this? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so if you had have asked me, let's say, 30 years ago, would I have been a career coach or counselor? I would have told you, no, that's not who I am. But I forget that I was the person who would do people's resumes in my neighborhood. Mm. I was the person that people would come to and say, Robin, I just got a job. Just tell me what this is and tell me what that is. And before I knew it, the things that I did in my past time became the very things that I am doing in my position now. And so that's why I try to explain to people, you've got to hone in on what it is that we like. The things that you don't think that you could make money at, because it makes you happy, most of the time that's the direction that you should be going. Yeah, that's about right. Because if you like it now and you get joy out of it tomorrow, chances are that not only will you impact your own life, but you're going to impact every, everybody who comes in contact with you. You know, I completely agree. And it really kind of keys into my next question, which are, what are the key qualities that you find that most employers are looking for in an applicant? I think one of the big mistakes that employers make, and I, I speak for myself as an employer, but also employees make, is we often are hiring for a specific job. So I'm looking for an accountant. So I'm looking for an accountant, and so I'm looking for people who have accounting skills. They can do accounts payable, accounts receivable. They can do my month-end clothes. They can do all those sorts of things for me. But the reality is they've also had some background, perhaps in other careers and other fields. And oftentimes it would benefit me if I explored that with them such that they could really use the full dimension of their capabilities rather than for me to just pigeonhole them in a specific role and responsibility. I think that's easier for small employers like myself can take advantage of all the skill sets that somebody brings. Like I often will ask my employees, hey, what else could you be doing? And oftentimes they go, oh, I could be doing such and such for you. And it's just like, well, I never thought about having you do such and such. Here, do that for me because that will take one more thing off of my plate that I was doing before. Are there other sorts of key qualities that you find that most employers are looking for with uh, candidates? Yes, I do. In terms of employers, and I speak to enough of them, in terms of assisting many of our patrons to get back into the workforce, most employers are what I call tunnel vision in terms of what it is that they're looking for. And what I do when I sit down and I speak to different employers, I say, you don't want one person that just does one thing. Don't you want a person who is well-rounded? They have the ability to not only be in the back of the office, but in front of the office. And they said, you know something, you are right. 
the thing is, is that getting many of the candidates to see that they come to the table with much more than what it is that they have on their resume. Some folks are, let's say if we're speaking about just accounting, they're looking at everything from adding, subtracting, they're looking at everything from that perspective. And so I say, well, then do you recognize that that particular job means that you are focused on things and not people? And they said, but I like people too. And I said, but everything on your resume shows me it's just about you and the calculator. And they said, wow. I said, you, you've got to put customer service up there. You've got to put conflict resolution up there. You've got to use your troubleshooting. That All of that helps you to be able to sell yourself more and or market yourself much better. When I speak with an employer and they tell me that I'm just looking for one particular thing and then I show them a resume that has several things, they go, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yes, let's add that to it. And so what we're trying to do is show, is to get employers to see much more of the person that they are trying to hire and from a candidate's perspective, have a candidate that to discuss all of which they're coming to the table with, not just one thing. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So is there any advice that you would give today's candidate in order to stand out from the competition? Well, I, this is something that I have all the time when I do a workshop. I tell everybody, I say, okay, you guys are all looking for work? And they say, yes, yes, yes. I say, great. Everybody put your resumes in in front of you on the table. And each of them will put their resumes on the table, and I tell each one, look at the next one. Look at each other's resume and tell me what stands out. And they say, hmm, well, it's, it's, it has a different style, but it's really the same. Uh, what, what people are giving is Xerox copies of their resume on an old template. So if everybody is using Microsoft Word template to describe that they are good in what it is that they do, in terms of marketing, then I'm actually meeting the same person a hundred times. Because nothing, if all the templates look the same, that means all the resumes look the same. So you're telling me that you are different, but I'm looking at 30 resumes that look exactly alike. And so to me, your mouth says one thing, but your action was on paper shows me that you are just like everybody else. So what makes you stand out? And this is before I get the opportunity to meet you. And so what we do is we kind of kind of slide those grandfather resumes over and try to create something that's more on the line of what it is that you're trying to sell. So we tend to give them a new age resume that separates them. There's something else that folks are doing And they're putting everything on on resume paper. Years ago, that was good. Now we're embarking upon a whole other hiring body, if you will. And so I tell them, use your card stock. Buy card stock. The same way I give a person a business card, it's the same way that I would give them my resume. My resume will stand out because there's nothing like it. And so as an employer... I look at those things. I look at what we say, what you say, in comparison to what's before me. And so most of the time, I get individuals that say, Robin, please revise my resume in a way that markets me 
differently for someone else. And so far to date, we have almost 800 plus people employed because they chose to do something different. We live in an age where everything is, is color, but yet we still give out a black and white resume. I don't understand that. We live in an age where you say that identity theft is major, but we still put our resumes on the resume, depending on the city and state that you live in. If you're looking for a job outside of the city, I would say put your address on it. But if you're living inside the tri-state area, I would say don't. Just put the borough. So it depends on the individual on what it is that they're trying to sell. Well, one of the things that I've been doing in my hiring process is instead of having a traditional, you know, if you put up an ad, you can get, you know, hundreds of resumes in a very short order. I've actually been having people, if you will, try out for a job. And what I mean by that is what I have them do is instead of putting in their resume, oftentimes resume is the last thing. I want to see whether they can follow directions. So I might say, here, I want you to go to this site and take this test and then email me the results and, you know, see how many people will do that. And anybody who sends me a resume without sending me the results, then I don't even pay uh, pay attention to them. And then I might have them do a couple other things that kind of demonstrate that they can follow directions. And, you know, I have this podcast series. And so the last time I was hiring somebody to be my podcast editor, I had them, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to this podcast and listen to five minutes of my podcast. You don't have to listen to the whole thing, but listen to the first five minutes of the podcast and then write up a little summary of what you heard in that first five minutes. And those people who couldn't follow those directions got eliminated. And so at the end, I had maybe five people who kind of went through the whole process. And that's how many people I interviewed, as opposed to the hundreds who had applied. And for me, that's been a really nice way to sort through because I know that as an employer, I get very frustrated when I have to repeat myself to somebody who obviously has not listened to my directions. So I'm just like, if you can't follow my directions in order to get a job with me, then you're probably not going to follow my directions when you're working with me. Because I, I think oftentimes people can look good in an interview, but, you know, and then you find out five months, six months, however many months down the road that they're just not a good fit for you because they showed you this, they told you this because they've been through the process enough that they're good at interviewing but they're probably not a good sort. And then the other thing that I really realized is I often will try and hire people who are like myself. I don't need somebody who is like myself. I need somebody who's detail-oriented, who can follow directions really well, da 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 That's kind of what I needed in, in the role that I was recently hiring. And mm-hmm. so for me, taking this personality test was very helpful and instrumental in showing me that that person is very unlike me and probably be a better candidate for the position than somebody that I like and love, <laughs> you know, and, and who, who I get along with really well. Well, I kind of like that because what it is, what you're saying is you'd like to see who they are before you actually get the opportunity to do the hiring. You know exactly what you're looking for. It's no different than when I tell, when I ask individuals to sit down and let's do a, a interview video. And when they see themselves, when they see themselves, how they interview, 
that blows them away, especially when they think that they're really good interviewers. What I liked what you said was, as an employer, you knew exactly what it was that you were looking for in terms of an individual following direction. And that is a very, very integral part of getting the job. I thought it was quite interesting that you said that you didn't want someone like yourself. And that's the kind of stuff that makes people stand out. No, I do know. I do know. Because I get a lot of people who don't follow directions. And as many times as I can say, please follow directions, they say, I'm good with it, I'm good with it. And then you discover that they're not. But it doesn't mean that that's not a tool that can be taught. I kind of like to observe candidates who pay attention to what it is that they're willing to market. And if they're selling themselves and they're saying that A, B, C, and D, and I do this very well, then based on the individual, they kind of get the idea of what employers are looking for like yourself. So if you're into journalism, I'm going to research all of the stuff that goes with that. So that way I can sell myself in a way that it would be more than just following directions. We would actually, I call it dance to dance. We talk about that particular position as though not as just a description, but you can actually see me in it because of how well I know about that description. And so you and I will have now changed the conversation from an interview to a full conversation about what it is that we do, what it is that we enjoy about that particular job. Am I making sense to you? You are making sense to me because, you know, my other series is actually what I call the Career 100. And the Career 100 is an interview series on the top 100 careers. And I've basically been interviewing various different people in the careers about what it is that got them into the industry, what it is that they like about the industry, you know, just kind of a new, fresh take on it. And I certainly think that one of the things that employees don't always do is they, perhaps if they worked with somebody like yourself, but they don't always know a whole lot about the position. They don't really know a whole lot about the job. They don't really know a whole whole lot about the company that they're interviewing. Is that something that you also help people with? Yes, because it's important. It's like, like I explained to people, most of the workshops that I do is very candid, and we really talk. And they said, they said, but I just want to, I just need a job. I just need any job. I don't care as long as I'm working. And I said, but it matters. It's got to matter. Because if you're coming to work for me and you don't care, that means that you're going to do whatever you want, and I'm not going to be happy, which means I'm going to wind up looking for someone else anyway. Two, I talk to people about getting to know the job that you are applying for because you're looking at ways that you can grow in that particular company. This is not just for a moment. So I usually have them sit down and explain to me why is it that they want to work in this particular field or what is it that draws them about this particular job function? Talk to me. And they wind up giving me everything that I need and for me to be able to show them why this is the field that they should be in. 
And then there are times when I meet individuals who will not do the research. They're just not interested in it. It's just like I met a young lady today, and she said, Robin, I have an extensive career background, but I don't want to use computers. I don't particularly care about computers. And I had to explain to her why it is necessary for her to use computers, because everything is electronic. And if we don't know that, then things will kind of pass us by. And so the more that you're willing to learn, the more that you're willing to research, the more that you're willing to enhance and advance your own skills, the more marketable you would be. Absolutely. That was the thing, I think, uh, that blew her mind. She was like, computers are in everything? And I said, absolutely. When you turn on your television, it's a computer. It's connected to to a, a digital frame. And they said, wow, I didn't even realize it. you got to pay attention. If we don't do what's necessary to stay in the loop, don't be surprised when jobs come up and we can't apply for them. Because even though you've got this experience, there's some other tools that you need in order to make you just as marketable as anyone else. And she said, oh, wow, Can, where, where are the classes? I said, absolutely, you got to get back into school. For a lot of our students that I meet, and um, I gather this is more college, this particular discussion that we're having, is it geared specifically towards the college students? It is geared more towards college students. Okay, so here, this is what I see now. There are a lot of kids coming back from going away to school and either their tuition have run out or whatever that has happened, now they're back. And they're coming back without a transcript. They're coming back without a degree because of the tuition, right? Yes. So the question that they ask me is, what should I do now? And most of the time, I say, well, what do you think that you'd like to do? Being that you, you didn't complete what you needed to complete, what would you like to do? And most of them are into technology. And so what I do is I say, we've got to look at areas of digital so that way we can get you situated where you can help to move yourself. And so I kind of connect a lot of the young people, the college kids, with either distance learning or getting a job that can help them get back into school, or we sit down and plan out what they should be doing. And so for your college audience, I would suggest they definitely have to connect with their career guidance counselor. Because like I said, I do know that even after doing four years of school and coming out with a degree, I often see young people who say, I don't even want to work in the field that I got a degree from. And I said, well, what is it that you enjoy? And then when they tell me what it is that they enjoy, I show them how they can get there. But even in that, there's still school. So, Robin, what I would like to do is I would like to continue this interview in another interview. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to just kind of close this one off and then keep talking to you and ask the rest of the questions. Okay. 
So that concludes the first half of our interview with Robin Saunders. So what we'd like you to do is to learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website at collegefundingresource.com. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our podcasts and to rate this podcast in our iTunes channel. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen to guests like Robin who have valuable information to share. Roman, I'd like to thank you for joining me today and telling us a little bit more about how working with a career counselor can help students secure their first or next job. Thank you very much for having me. And I'd also like to thank all of my listeners for joining us and I hope that you will join me again for the next installment of the College Expert Talk podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the College Experts Talk podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast where we will continue to legally share college insider information with parents and students from the insiders themselves. For more information and to instantly download your free copy of the College Funding Resources Report titled Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Mike Elmore for the College Experts Talk Podcast.